Hello, and welcome to the 3H2Humans radio show. Each episode, Leonardo and Mustachio explore conscious communication, varied perspectives, and thought seeds to place in the garden of the mind. Who knows what will grow? Sit back, stand up, drive, or jog. Whatever the motion may be, we are here to support each individual's journey to define health, happiness, and a humble perspective during the information era. Enjoy. Greetings. Today is Friday, January 26, 2018, here in remarkable Roseville, California. Mustachio and I are settling into our new surroundings a bit more. Each day we adjust and move and bend and flex for the new environment. The new 3H2 headquarters is almost complete. The trinket cabinet was set up over the weekend. That was a big deal. We have the whiteboard, the bookcases, the bird feeder outside. (laughs) Pretty much uh, a complete checklist for the items we like to have each time we move locations. There are some staples for the 3H2 headquarters, and most of those are set up. Today's show is Season 3, Episode 5, Unconscious vs. Subconscious. The upcoming recording was recorded on November 11th, 2014. We also have listener challenge number 37, Pink Zone Tangible Knowledge of Actions and Behavior. A Thought Seed TV show, Better Call Saul, A Thought Seed Business, Nugget Markets in Roseville, and there's a 10 list to highlight items in the upcoming segment. Then the announcements to conclude with the recording from 2014 while I was in sensory deprivation. <laughs> Oh, this journey has been quite a scientific experiment. And I go over some of the parameters of the study that I've been conducting and why I do what I do and give a better explanation of thoughts behind some of the things that we do differently at 3H2, such as highlighting a recording from several years ago. Why do we do this? Many of those questions are answered in the upcoming segment. Before I begin with the listener challenge, I'd like to share a quick... (laughs) Uh, Everything is relative in life, so quick to one may not be quick to another. This is quick for me for all the things I'd like to say, and most of those will be covered in an upcoming episode. But the topic is about the Amit Goswami seminar, which I attended. The dates were the 19th of January to the 21st, and the location was Silicon 
Andhra College in Milpitas. The short version, <laughs> cliff notes, <laughs> is the seminar was canceled due to low attendance. To my recollection, the official people who attended the event, and when I say official, the flyer had said it started at nine and there was only one other person who planned to attend the seminar around 8.45. So to me, that's an official person there who's early, ready to go, their mind is there, the cell phone is off, just raring to go, me and another person. (laughs) This blew my mind. I wanted to get there early so I could get a seat in front and do my Tai Chi. I like to do a little Tai Chi before I sit down for long periods of time. And I did Tai Chi for about an hour. (laughs) And spoke to the other gentleman that was there. Uh, He had seen Amit Goswami in the past as well. And it seems he too was captivated by Amit Goswami as a thought leader. So the event was shortened to one day instead of two. And what was strange for me is that this idea was not strange. I spoke a couple months ago about a quantum touch seminar and that one was canceled. Then a few years ago, I went to a painting for the emotions class at Ananda College in Gaston, Oregon, and that was canceled. (laughs) And I joked with one of the speakers, I I was telling him the story about how each event I go to, (laughs) this happens. for the most part, just me. And uh, he had laughed and said, next time warn me before you come. (laughs) And I laugh because there's some beauty in this. I could get upset and get angry and say, it's not fair. Why don't I get to attend a seminar like all these other people do how they go to seminars and there's dozens of people and it's beautiful and engaging and why don't I have that I could focus on that but instead I focus on what I do have and what I do have with each experience is something beautiful for the emotions and art seminar that was canceled I went on a jog met a stranger who motivated me, and then cried my eyes out for like two hours. (laughs) That is what I needed rather than sitting in a group and following directions and uh, similarly with the quantum touch. I was able to have one-on-one time with the leader of that event. And it happened again with this event because of such low attendance. I was able to eat lunch with Amit Goswami, one of the other speakers, the gentleman who set up the film 
the film crew, <laughs> the people who worked for the college, I was able to sit at the cool kids table. <laughs> and that's very rare for me. And initially when I was invited to go to lunch, I declined because that's my normal thing. I defaulted to normal for me to just go off by myself and do my own thing. And But there was something about the energy and the gracious hospitality of that environment, which I said, okay. And I broke a bunch of my rules because the feeling was there. Intuition guided me in this direction, even though it's not the one I normally go to. And sometimes it's okay to break the rules and stray from the norm and experience new things. And I'm grateful that I did. I'm grateful there was low attendance and the seminar was canceled and I was able to break bread with Amit Goswami. And synchronistically, the second day of the event, Sunday, my family members were finalizing a move and could use some help. So I canceled the hotel reservations and stayed in a, a barren house and slept on the couch and ate ugh, Pizza Hut. <laughs> Is that even food? <laughs> I strayed from my norm again and it was great to spend that first night in a new home with my family. So it's strange how all the pieces came together, but these are the kinds of things that happen to me when I go to Amit Goswami events and I open myself up to infinite possibility. Rather than thinking one thing's gonna happen and if that one thing doesn't happen, then it's bad. That's ridiculous. It's uh, infinite potential. There's so much more than that one idea I have. And this was reinforced. So to uh, condense a long story, <laughs> the weekend did not go as I planned. It went better than I had planned. Friday night, I was able to go out to dinner with my mom and spend some quality time with her and then go to the welcoming event. I usually don't attend these. Uh, <laughs> that's another different thing I did, but I wanted to go and I was able to speak to Amit Goswami. He was off to the side and I proposed one of my theories. <laughs> That was on a bucket list to propose a theory to Amit Goswami and uh, he kind of laughed. <laughs> uh, I'm not fully sure we were in the pink zone, but I did gain some knowledge from our quick conversation and I do hope to discuss some more theories of 3H2 humans with him in the future. So I got to do that Friday. Saturday, I was able to have lunch with Amit Goswami and speakers and organizers of the event. The folks at 
the Silicon Anandra College are very friendly and I felt like a speaker. I got to see behind the curtains and that's one of my reservations as to why I don't want to be a public speaker is because there's so many unknowns. <laughs> so many of those unknowns were revealed. And Sunday I was able to spend time with family. Unexpected and wonderful. All right. <laughs> The listener challenge number 37, pink zone tangible knowledge of actions and behavior. For this week, focus on objective documentation of actions and behavior. To begin, select a desired calendar format, such as wall, electronic, or whiteboard. Document on the calendar notes or take pictures of events as they occur. This exercise is for past tense events. Wow, tongue twister. <laughs> this exercise is for past tense events which materialized rather than speculative goals and appointments. Be mindful to document intake of basic needs and mind shifts when possible. What patterns are noticed? How does memory of actions compare to a pink zone tangible measurement? Be a 3H2 human and transform an assumption into a belief. Okay, that is a pretty packed, tight paragraph. That's one of the things we like to do with the listener challenges. As Mustachio and I construct them, we go for bullet-pointed information in a sentence format. So it is meant to be dense. So it takes some time to go over each sentence. They are available on the website. I plan to be quite chit-chatty today. <laughs> this is a very exciting time for me. And I tend to free flow more when I'm excited. The point of listener challenge number 37, pink zone tangible knowledge of actions and behavior. So what does that mean? First off, what is pink zone tangible knowledge? This is something a third party can understand without further explanation. Something pink zone tangible is objective. For example, a pink zone tangible action or behavior related to my story would be to write Friday Proposed theory to Ameko Swami, Saturday, ate lunch with seminar crew, Sunday, spent time with family. Whereas a yellow zone mark on the calendar would have been to just say Ameko Swami seminar across all three days. That's what I had anticipated, but that's not what happened. This calendar is to mark what happened. So actions rather than speculations. And do this for a week, just one week in a notebook, on a calendar, electronically, old fashioned, whichever way works. But document a couple things each day and gain a pink zone understanding. Another reason why it's pink zone is because it's tangible, where in a year, if I do this now, I'm able to look at it and say, okay, 
on Friday I did this, Saturday I did this, and Sunday I did this. And it's written down. Whereas in my memory, I could switch it around. I could remember it as Friday, spending time with family, Saturday, proposing a theory, and Sunday, eating lunch with the crew because that's yellow zone. There's nothing tangible about it. It requires human memory. So pink zone tangible items do not require human memory to understand. And that's a big variable, human memory and processing and perspective. We've discussed in earlier episodes, and we'll touch a little bit about this in the upcoming segment, how each human has different past experiences and therefore different neural pathways. So each human is going to process information in a slightly different way. Pink zone tangible items don't require this. They don't require individual neuronal connections to process. And thus, they are pink zone tangible. (laughs) Okay, that's listener challenge number 37. Keep track of behaviors and understand oneself a bit better. For our Thoughtsea TV show, Better Call Saul from 2015 on AMC. Characters are fantastically composed as plot takes unexpectedly witty turns. Better Call Saul has offered many hours of enjoyment for Brian and I as we unwind in the evenings. It's difficult for us to find a show that we both enjoy. Oftentimes one person likes the show a little more than the other and it's like okay I'll watch this because it's something the other person would enjoy. Better Call Saul we both enjoy. (laughs) And this is another show that Brian introduced to me. I had watched the first episode a couple years ago when it first came out and I wasn't real wild about it. It didn't tickle me in the right way. And now years later, it does tickle me in the right way. And I'm glad to have discovered it now. I wanted something new and fresh and distracting from my day-to-day life. I wanted to escape into another world. And I have been able to do that with Better Call Saul. The soundtrack is pretty sweet. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's season two, episode eight. It's when the trucks are preparing to cross the border and it's just music. Love that song. It is awesome. And then when the guy is driving the ice cream truck and he's singing along with the song. (laughs) The soundtrack fits well with the characters and the ambiance and uh, the flow of the production as a whole. It appears the cast, the crew, the producers, the people who come together to create this show 
appear to be working well together. They are like a octopus and all the little tentacles, the writing, directing, acting, music, editing, these pieces come together very well for this show. So I do recommend folks give it a go and analyze it and analyze the characters. Oh, wow. Great character development. I also like how Kim, one of the lawyers, dresses reasonable. So it's a new show. Who knows if time will corrupt it, but she looks like a real person. <laughs> when often women in TV shows, it looks like they're getting ready to be contestants on a Miss America pageant show. It's ridiculous. This show is believable. Check it out, Better Call Saul. It's available on Netflix, seasons one and two, and then on Amazon, season three is available for purchase. And the new season, season four, I believe will be coming out soon on AMC. Next up is the Thought Seed Business, Nugget Markets. This one in particular is in Roseville. Finding a grocery store can be easy. <laughs> Finding a quality grocery store has been a challenge for me, especially one that has healthy vegetarian options for me and also grass-fed quality meats for brine, as well as fresh bread, a deli section, and tapenade. Tapenade, a uh, little chopped up olives, is a staple in my diet. A couple years ago, I had a craving <laughs> and it was difficult to fulfill. And I believe it's because at the time I was eating almost too clean. I had hardly any fat in my diet and I need fat. My body type is the thicker, bigger body type and I just, I need my fat. <laughs> Being a vegetarian and not wanting to eat fried food, it's difficult to find good, healthy fats. So for me, tapenade and avocados are some staples. And Nugget Market has both. So for those folks in the Roseville area and other parts of Southern California, I believe also have nugget markets check it out it's worth a peek and for me personally whole foods and trader joe's haven't really spoke to me i'm not quite sure what it is but uh, the nugget markets do speak to me they say come back <laughs> eat fresh clean food it's so yummy mm. 
healthy food, yay! <laughs> nice and tasty, tasty healthy food, woo! <laughs> Each time I come through the door, it, uh, it speaks to me. Okay, and that is the Thought Seed Business Nugget Markets. For the upcoming recording, unconscious versus subconscious, some of the highlights are number one, what is the energy field which connects all life forms? Number two, each person will convey a slight difference when defining a word. Number three, the three layers of consciousness are subconscious, consciousness, and universal consciousness. Number four, difficult to grasp concept of life beyond Earth. Number five, Earth as a united ecosystem. Number six, confident people defend their position with logic and critical thought. Number seven, benefits of accountability of actions on a calendar once complete. Number eight, the mind and body desire a clean and comfortable home environment. Number nine, a proactive approach increases production towards tomorrow's tasks. Number 10, human memory is a strange creature. So those are the highlights for the upcoming recording from 2014. These are some of my favorite shows. That's one of the another reason why I'm all excited and jazzed up. I really enjoy listening to the recordings from a couple years ago because I do not remember what I said. <laughs> I give each recording a headline, such as this one, unconscious versus subconscious. And then I talk for over an hour and I don't remember where my thinking was back then because it's up to memory. That's faulty. That is speculative. I speculate what's on the recording, but it's not until I listen to it and I analyze it and I edit it, that I fully understand the perspective that I had back in 2014. And Mustachio points out, this is another example of pink zone tangibility. Rather than speculate, this is who I was back in 2014. I have a recording, I have something that is objective. I can have subjective feelings about what was being said, but there is a, an objective way to measure my thoughts from back then. Pretty cool. <laughs> this also ties in with the whole time machine concept. It's kind of like a time machine. I get to go back and remember who Leonardo circa 2014 was. It's uh, pretty cool. So that's coming up. There are a ton of highlights, but that's a bit overwhelming. <laughs> 
I could get lost there for hours. I'm not quite sure what to do with my notes from the show, but uh, hopefully soon I'll figure something out. And I think reading them may be a bit cumbersome at this time. If anyone out there has an idea of what to do with show notes, how to condense them, also turn voice into transcripts. I hear this technology is abundant these days. Yeah, I'm ignorant in this sector. I do my editing, recording, all this stuff by hand. <laughs> it's kind of like doing long division by hand. I recognize there's a shorter and easier, faster way to do what I'm doing. And that's the stage I'm in. I am ingesting. What are the possibilities for these show notes? And how can I best utilize the little nuggets that are in there? And for now, it's a 10 list of the highlights that will be available on the website for those interested in a bit more information. Announcements. Welcome new listeners. Visit 3h2humans.org for more information about 3h2. We do have a decent amount of traffic on the website, about 75. <laughs> people for per day <laughs> no 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 not not 7500 <laughs> 75 <laughs> oh, oh that's one of our jokes around here uh yeah but there, there's a decent flow of eyes on the content of the website and we want to optimize this experience We'll be updating the vocabulary words and repolishing each section on the website. For, so for those folks who do check out the website, feedback is appreciated, especially as we're going through a transitional time with the website right now. For the episode recommendation, Check out Season 2, Episode 5, Ten List Jargon, and explore conscious communication through a 3H2 perspective on 10 frequently used words. This is Episode 5 from last season, and today is Episode 5 from this season. This is an example of one of the things we like to do at 3H2 with our content is to revisit it each year and apply critical thought, which is ingest, reflect, and modify. So what were our 10 frequently used words last year? How were they defined? What are the words we use now? How are those words defined? And how do these come together? So that would be a process of critical thought. Critical thought is optimized when it's accompanied by action. So the action 
or the modify stage will be to modify the vocabulary on the website. And for those who would like a peek at the past, check out season three, episode five, and then jump on the website in the near future. <laughs> and likely there will be changes. Information is similar to organic beings. It changes and evolves over time. And we like to display the changes of information, similar to a time-lapse video of a flower opening up. That's one of the things we do with 3H2, is to portray that evolutionary change frame by frame. No social media at this time. We've, and when I say we, uh, Mustachio and Brian and some of the 3H2 crew, we uh, have gone back and forth about whether or not to do social media. And so far, the vote is no. <laughs> so for now, we will continue to operate as we do without social media. Our website is our social media. There's a now page that has information about what we're doing now, as well as a tab with that page of photos and show information. And these are all under the news tab. I'm changing these things. I don't like the term news. And uh, there's lots of terms that I used simply because other people did. And for me, that's a foolish reason to just do something because someone else is. So big changes, <laughs> constant big changes. <laughs> Those are my favorite kind. Pish Posh Words book update. Oi, um, the book was no longer fun. And when work, is no longer fun for me, I take some time from whatever that project is. I step back and oftentimes it's a sign that other areas in my life are being neglected. And with that neglect, aspects of the book I'm writing are no longer true. So it's difficult for me to author something that does not apply to my own life. And this is a struggle I've had lately how much of what I preach do I practice within my own life? And there were some inconsistencies to the point where I no longer felt comfortable working on the book because my life had fallen apart in so many different ways. <laughs> to work on a book about optimization when my ship is sinking didn't feel comfortable. So I've put it on the shelf and it is still on the shelf and it's going to be on the shelf for a little while longer. I've recognized several areas in my life which I've been neglecting and I'd like to decrease that number. In order to write the kind of book that I will truly 
be proud of. I need to have a certain amount of my basic needs met. And then also the basic plus needs met. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) New vocabulary word, basic plus needs. (laughs) So... And that's another point. As I'm exploring these basic plus needs, several of them are not met in my own life. And then I'm going to write a book about, hey, here's basic plus needs. It's important to have them met. Doesn't quite feel right. So back on the horse in a past episode, I had talked about how I was petting the horse, feeding the horse some carrots, familiarizing myself with the horse. And now I'm getting back on. I am on the horse. The ground is a bit of a fall. It's a fall I'm familiar with. (laughs) And it's one that I'm going to avoid for just a speck of time as I gain comfort with this new position that I'm in. So for now, Books on hold, and the radio show and website will be a priority for the time being. Coming soon, a show dedicated to questions, comments, and answers. Send in a question or comment today. Info at 3h2humans.org. Each season, we like to have at least one question and answer episode usually broken down into two parts, each part five questions. So a total of 10 questions and two episodes. We have about five or six questions loaded in the bank and we're looking for a handful more. If anyone receives this in real time, January, 2018, (laughs) please send a question. It's a welcomed gift to receive a question and be able to answer it. Oftentimes, each question that is asked, several people have that same question. That's one of the reasons why we do these shows, because if a few people have that question, likely more people have that question. And if we answer the question with pink zone tangibility to where a person can listen to it at any time, we don't need to be redundant and continuously explain the same information over and over. This gives us the freedom to move on to new subjects and topics. So send them on in, questions and comments, uh, consciousness events that are coming up, potential thought leaders, all these things we really enjoy hearing from the audience and we like to add the creativity of others to our stew brew of consciousness gratitude for those who support the show we are a donation-based entity we do not generate income (laughs) oh there's a shocker So we are possible 
because of donations and because of the kindness of people who believe in health, happiness, and a humble perspective and in what 3H2 is doing. It's something. (laughs) Is it the best all the time? Eh, Probably not, but it's something. It's a voice. It's a beginning. And we appreciate everyone who has helped us as we begin. It's tough. It's tough the, like a sapling, a little tree. Those first couple of years are going to be the toughest. But once that sapling gains strong roots and a thick trunk and lots of branches and leaves, it's hardy. It's become something. And 3H2 is still a sapling. And it helps to have the ecosystem support what we do. That's greatly appreciated. Okay, so pretty exciting. The upcoming recording from November 11th. Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy. Good morning. Today is November 11, 2014 at about 7 o'clock in the morning here in lovely Spokane, Washington. (laughs) It's a bit uh, freezing, technically speaking. I do believe we have gone past the 20 degree freezing point here in Spokane. And that's uh, still a relatively new thing for me, Uh, spending the first 25 years of life in San Jose. I want to learn what plants can stay outside year year round, even though it freezes here, where in San Jose, maybe a couple times a year would freeze, but it wouldn't get below zero as it does here. Oh, weather is a strange, strange creature indeed. (laughs) So I'm just here with Mustachio, and um, he had a good idea to just do another free form. It's been a while since we've done that. And I think this, I still need to look this up, but the term long form, I don't really know what that means. I think it is unedited or just free flowing. There's like long form articles or arguments or things of that nature. Um, Maybe this is one of them, maybe not. I don't fully know the exact parameters for what designates a... uh, Wow. (laughs) Yeah, so this is what Mustachi was talking about. I've been a little bit of a space case lately, a bit exhausted mentally and physically, and kind of that high I was on before of being productive and going balls to the walls has since faded. So this is a phenomena I've been keeping track of. so it's like a vibin, or with a, when Hector was around. That was kind of the beginning, beginning definition of the higher state of consciousness was as a teenager, I would kind of view it as a spirit guide was with me. There was some other presence with me. I didn't really understand it. Over time, it got the name Hector. <laughs> and... Uh, Yeah, 
So how Hector works, what Hector is, I am not 100% sure. I do believe it's a connection to the universal consciousness. That's kind of how I perhaps would best define a spirit guide, is essentially a conduit to the, the universal consciousness, so that energy field which connects all humans and uh, life forms. Something with life in it has energy, and uh, we're all connected within the energy field. So just as kind of a side note, I've been listening to The Entrepreneur Fitness, my favorite podcast right now. Brandon Epstein uh, is quite entertaining in the content, and uh, I do feel as though he's going to gain a, a good following. And I think perhaps the main reason for that is he's willing to learn, and he's willing to say, hey, I'm not my best now, but I'm going to continue to always upgrade. So him and I have a similar mindset in that achieving an objective is merely a step in a chain of objectives. And the objectives end when breath ends, when life ends. It's uh, Life is that constant pursuit of objectives, completion of objectives, and then upgrading of objectives. And I love that. So I, I do think he's going to go far. Uh, he spoke of this thing called NLP. I know I've heard of it but I don't know what it is. And he was talking about, oh, NLP, and but me as an ignorant listener, I, I don't know what NLP is. So this is where I think uh, good and great mentors are separated. Great mentors over-explain things. And, um, and not in terms of over-explaining in lengthy, but over-explaining in clarification. Windbags over-explain in, you know, words, but great mentors over-explain in terms of clarification. So over-clarifying things. I think that's a characteristic which is pleasurable to be around. So in that case, for a, a concept which may be foreign to others, I think it's a great idea to explain it in detail. And we speak of the continuum of language. Okay, so the continuum of language in terms of concepts. So even though I may know what NLP is, my definition may be different from his, and I think it's important for the speaker, for the mentor, to clarify their standpoint. So I think this goes along with any discipline, any type of... So engineering, that's another kind of thing where it's a vague term which each individual incorporates their own unique perspective into the definition of engineering. Um, instead of saying, you know, oh, I am an engineer, explain what type of engineering and, and how that works. So yes, I do feel as though it's great to over-explain concepts. <laughs> With that, uh, taking into account unique perspectives. Another little side note, the word unconscious. I do not like this word. Well, <laughs> so here's the plus and minuses of sensory deprivation. If I had like a Twitter account or a face, I could just jump on and ask questions and get a bunch of responses. But I don't have that outlet. I have to speculate the reasons why. 
to make assumptions and then remove those assumptions essentially without outside stimuli. So right now I'm exploring why do people use the term unconscious as opposed to subconscious. And um, I think at the root of the reason why someone picks a different word, it's good for me to explain. <laughs> as I was just saying, it's beneficial for speakers and mentors to explain their position. So here we go, unconscious, subconscious. I feel three layers of consciousness the subconscious, which is the processing center. So it's where everything goes on. I'm looking at curtains. So in my subconscious mind, my subconscious mind knows the texture, the length, everything, every little micro detail about those curtains. Simultaneously, it knows my left toe is slightly uncomfortable. So uh, parts of my body say, okay, when it, it feels a certain sensation to pull back. So in the subconscious mind, it's essentially like the control center for the body. And then essentially the conscious mind is akin to the general or the, the person in charge. So the conscious mind or the, the general in charge of the command center only knows a few details. If that general were to know every single command post's status, the general would get overwhelmed. The consciousness mind would get overwhelmed. So in a sense, it's, um, it's beneficial for humans to have a subconscious and conscious mind. There's a connection between the two. So when we kind of spoke a little earlier about that being Hector or that, um, I feel as though it's achieving health, happiness, and a humble perspective. I've found if I'm being a dickhead to someone, and not in the constructive way, just being mean, or I guess if I'm expressing negativity, I tend to get negativity back. So with the tapping into deeper layers of the subconscious, it happens when I'm more positive, open to possibilities. In a sense, it's almost as though a, it's, it's comfort. Perhaps that's the best common denominator. I feel as though a person who is mean to someone else to be mean or swindly, all that kind of stuff, I personally feel as though that person is not comfortable within themselves. Because here goes component number three, the universal consciousness. So this consciousness plane where all energy life forms are connected. So me, my neighbor, plants, the dog, the bird in the sky, and, uh, you know, like Mustachio, when he was back in uh, Antarctica, you know, I was still connected to him through an energy field, even though I cannot see this and touch this, it's, it's there. So essentially, all of the organisms on planet Earth are working together. Um, as a planet, we are essentially an organism. So this kind of goes back to the point where how would I benefit being mean to someone or screwing someone over or gaining good stuff for me off of the suffering of someone else because essentially that suffering is my own it's kind of like if my left hand dropped a, a glass I wouldn't smack it you know and say bad hand that's kind of what I see similar to being aggressive towards someone else it's um 
deep down inside, I feel as though it's counterintuitive. And then that's where kind of the anger boils and stuff because we as humans subconsciously understand we are all one organism. So screwing over someone else is essentially screwing over the self, which causes discomfort and then kind of a negative cycle in that way. Um, so I think it's perhaps a good idea to keep this in mind that we are all essentially one organism and uh, it's pretty cool. Once that clicked in my mind, it um, just, uh, yeah. And then I thought of all the other planets. So another way I think of this too, I'm looking at the fish tank right now. The fish tank is essentially its own organism as well. It's a self-contained environment, much like the earth. So kind of think of it that way. The earth is a, a giant fish tank and we all kind of have our part. There's sucker fish, which clean algae and uh, <laughs> special fish, fish touched by God. Those are the ones I like, the ones that are just little goofballs. So back to the kind of three words I use to describe consciousness are subconscious. So that's the processing of stimuli. It goes on in the subconscious mind, grabs certain components of it, and then translates that to the conscious mind. And bigger picture of that is the universal consciousness or the consciousness plane, which all life forms on earth are connected to. So this is as far as I've got, I've um, gone with kind of this. I have been sparsely exposing myself to the earth and beyond. And oddly, this connection of beyond earth sank in for the Sid Meier's Civilization Six game. I loved Civilization Five. perhaps spent too much time playing it. I believe I did a sundown to sunup. I've done that with a few video games. Played it from sundown until sunup. That is quite a unique experience. Anyone who has done that understands the, uh, the odd mysticism involved. The, um, oh, it's uh, something to hold my attention for that long. That's some good shit right there. So big, big thumbs up to the makers of Sid Meier's Civilization V and Heroes of Might and Magic Three. Those two games are badass. But so then the new one, which has a bit of a learning curve, so I'm new to it, but um, it is Civilization VI Beyond Earth. So it's exploring other planets, there's aliens and all that. One thing I like about Civilization is to my knowledge, it's pretty accurate. So uh, kind of similar to how the Simpsons have mathematics, Simpsons and Futurama have mathematical brilliance behind their writing. I feel as though uh, Sid Meier's Civilization kind of has historical accuracy to their stuff as well. So it talks about all of the components needed in order to have a spacesuit and uh, grow food on Mars, concepts which are completely new to me. Um, <laughs> so the reason for this tangent is, I think the first step is recognizing Earth is its own unique organism. This is where I'm at. 
I'm grasping this concept and I'm not quite ready to see how much bigger it is, how much essentially insignificant Earth is in the bigger picture of the universe. Um, whew, that's, I can't quite handle that right now. Because <laughs> I imagine once I'm mature enough and ready, my mind will be blown at the, the capabilities of humans and just how magnificent and resilient of a, a species we've become through evolution. And I'm excited to see what uh, evolutionary components are on the horizon. So here's again where all this babbling is. Um, in terms of the universal consciousness, my brain has only gone as far as Earth. I feel comfortable saying that there is an energy field on Earth. Um, beyond that, I, I can't really say if energy can move through space. That would be a great question for Neil deGrasse Tyson about consciousness and if it can jump planets. Uh, but thus far, for Mustachio and I, we're going to keep it here on Earth. And for those who are, who are such as the Sid Meier thing, going Earth and beyond, awesome. Keep on, keep on, keep on. I think um, that's kind of a beautiful component of humans as well. I study consciousness. Other people study planets. And um, we get a choice as to um, what we do, what we specialize in. And I think, after all this, perhaps my specialization is consciousness. Because I am quite a little stickler. Um, and then tying all this back around to the sensory deprivation, I haven't been able to ask anyone why they use the term unconscious as opposed to subconscious. Because to me, unconscious means not conscious. And if something's not conscious, and it's not doing anything. In terms of logically breaking down the term unconscious, it doesn't logically make sense to me. It's saying that it's not there. Uh, sub implies that it's there, it's working, and it's achievable with um, essentially certain masteries. And uh, that's uh, awareness, health, happiness, a humbled perspective, ingesting, reflecting, and modifying. So these are all kind of uh, my little cheese ball things, but it's taken years to kind of break down all the variables and all that, and that's my conclusion for now. So we'll see how that goes. I do have it written down as understanding the self. Health, happiness, humble, ingest, reflect, and modify, and then a little, a greater than sign. I don't know if that's quite appropriate. Um, and then concise and digestible. So if those components are concise and digestible, then I think understanding the self is achieved. It's weird. I like to do work word equations. Because <laughs> I think words have similar properties to math. Essentially, that's what language is. It's an equation seeking a result. So in terms of using unconscious as a language variable, I don't understand this. And uh, 
Going back to not asking anyone, I'm left to kind of explore the reasons why on my own. The two main ones is unconscious was the first term introduced to the individual, and it was just kind of like, okay, that's what it's called. Uh, secondly, in studying psychology, I've noticed different leaders in psychology used either subconscious or unconscious. And um, I do really enjoy Carl Jung. That's right, we have his book here. I don't know which one he used. I really hope that it's subconscious, but for some reason I think he may have used unconscious. And uh, Dr. Goswami uses unconscious. This is what I don't understand. People much, much smarter than me are using unconscious, and I would love to know why. Um, so I have the Red Book by Young. I'm just going to scan, see if we can get some sort of... Um, oh, here we go. He had used this method since 1916, but only sketched it in the reflections of the eye to the unconscious in 1928, and first mentioned the mandala in 1929 in his commentary on The Secret of the Golden Flower. For at least 13 years, I kept quiet about the results of these methods in order to avoid any suggestion. Holla! That's what I'm doing. I wanted to assure myself that these things, mandalas especially, really are produced spontaneously and were not suggested to the patient by my own fantasy. Wow. Okay, so I would consider right now a synchronistic event. Oh, this is awesome. Carl Jung, I feel, took a, a similar approach to me with the sensory deprivation approach. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he did want to work out his own stuff on his own uh, rather than seek other people. Or um, And two, I like this part right here. Um, and we're not suggested to the patient by my own fantasy. This is a complication I'm coming across in terms of editing. And I had spoke last week about sending nine people the Tell Me More article. Wanting to get some sort of feedback on the ingest, reflect, and modify theory. It was interwoven into the uh, Tell Me More article. So that was essentially what I was looking for. But for me to say that, to say, hey, did you see that ingest, reflect, and modify thing? What do you think of that? Then it disrupts the person's original consciousness thought process. In my mind, some of the most reliable scientists take this into account and are cognizant of the introduction of variables. Uh, yeah. All right, so if Jung used unconscious then perhaps that's one of the reasons why so many other people do. Because I think that's another reason. Whatever the masses do, people oftentimes tend to follow. It's just easier that way. So, and who knows, maybe I'll change to unconscious if somebody can explain the logic behind it. But as of now, I think sub is a bit more accurate in that unconscious to me implies that I can't access it. It's unconscious. It's not a part of consciousness. But subconscious, there's a conduit of information between the subconscious and the conscious mind. So, uh, yeah.
Okay, so that's kind of uh, some stuff that's been on my brain. <laughs> oh, and just the, the Carl Jung. I um, I would like to look into his studies, but then again, that magic passage that we uh, synchronistically stumbled upon explains the importance of exploring things on one, one's own. So this is kind of a pet peeve of mine in modern culture. Yeah, there was some real big tool bag that I spoke with when I was in Vancouver at the Two Parrots Bar, one of the most arrogant people I've spoken to. And I asked him what he thought a term meant. Oh, I forgot what the exact term is. I believe it was a term that was close to me, similar to subconscious and and unconscious to where I felt as though the common definition for the word was inaccurate, kind of morphed over time and uh, no longer held its original meaning unless um, spoken in higher academia, in folks who explore the the deeper components. Anyway, so he just he's got his phone. He's like, oh, have you heard of Google? You just Google stuff. That's how you figure out answers. And I thought, oh, my dear friend, you are what's wrong with society. <laughs> so, and he had that mindset of rather than him think about it on his own, come to his own conclusion, he was going to type in some words, whatever first popped up, say that's truth. I think this is a dangerous way to navigate life, uh, especially with the knowledge of manipulating search engines and those with the money get their searches up top, uh, propaganda. It's just there's so many other variables involved where I feel as though it is dangerous to just Google search something and then call it truth. Um, yeah, and this gentleman did that. I couldn't talk to him. And you know what he said? He said, I laughed like a hyena. He got pissed because he was being all, he was being a jerkball and I was just laughing. I, he couldn't bug me. I was on vacation. Getting, it was like the first meal I'd had in like 48 hours. I had a, like nuts or something. But I mean, I got to sit down and rest and eat a delicious salad and drink a beer. And yeah, that guy was not going to upset me. So I toyed with him a bit, and he left. (laughs) But he got angry. Um, I think that's kind of a funny thing. I feel as though arrogance and anger do correlate, where if I call someone out, those who are a bit more comfortable with themselves are willing to explain their position in a logical manner. But arrogant people feel as though they're entitled to their word being so. And I think this is important. It is an arrogant standpoint to feel as though simply saying something is going to convince another person of its truth value. And here at 3H2, Mustachio and I talk about truth value, how truth value is determined by the individual through ingest, reflect, and modify. Woohoo! Oh, yes, we're going to spin it back just a little bit. Yeah, so it was uh, Mustachio's idea to kind of chillax a little. Beginning of the uh, uh, radio show today, we were talking about that wave of completing objectives 
and everything being awesome, and then kind of the lull. I've been tracking my behavior on a calendar, I would say about over the last 10 years, I would say about 70% of my days are accounted for. So that's kind of cool. It lets me go back and look and kind of get an objective look at the patterns of when I was productive, when I was happy, all that stuff. And it's weird. I saw a pattern of every other day. It was like one day Hector would be with me. Everything would be awesome. Like today, synchronistic things happening. I got pep in my step. The demons can't get me. All that. Just badassery from every angle. And then the next day was a bit of a lull. And I noticed this pattern about five years ago. And I was trying to figure it out. So it was every other day. It was awesome day, meh day. Awesome day, meh day. Awesome day, meh day. For some periods of time, there would be two awesome days, then a couple meh days, but overall, every other day. I still kind of wonder what this is, but Dr. Amit Goswami has a, essentially the best explanation I had heard. It's his do, be, do, be, do. So do, be, do, be, do. So do, like do stuff, kick ass, be productive, and then be, have that lull day, have that day where it's not uh, just crazy stimuli all over the place. <sighs> it was comforting to hear that it's okay. I had strived to have the awesome days every day, all the time. That was my objective. How can I figure out what the variables are to have kick-assery a part of my life every single day? Some folks may have achieved this, but I think at the level I was seeking, it may be um, not that it's not achievable. I still do feel as though it's achievable because anything's possible, but I don't know if that's the best way to do it. I think kind of the yin and the yang, the, the sunrise and the sunset. Um, the ecosystem here on Earth kind of has that, not necessarily negative and positive, but introduction of a variable and removal of one. In some ways, after channeling Dr. Goswami and understanding that there's beauty in rest. And I think Folks such as Mustachio and I who are go, 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 it's hard for us to rest and to enjoy and to let the body heal. I think that's the main component. The reason why I'm okay with having lull days now is I think my body needs that time <laughs> to heal, to regrow new cells. So much awesome stuff goes on in the body crazy. And it's something like every seven years or so, we have a completely new body. Everything's been replaced. That's some shit right there. For me, when I give my body time to rest, and perhaps it's a part of the reflection stage, it's good for me. That's kind of what today is. Again, Mustachio and I had our little powwow this morning. We're taking a week off of the chart cards. That was kind of a part of it. I started to feel as though doing the radio show, video show, Updating the calendar, writing, jogging, all these things started to feel a bit like a chore. And some of the other variables which need attention, such as vacuuming, dusting, 
got to switch the summer clothes to the winter clothes. There's a lot of kind of maintenance chores, which I will benefit from. I like to be proactive. So now is a good time to get ready for winter. Yes, it's a bit of a cold snap right now. It may pass. It may get a bit warmer for another week or so. Then it'll be real cold. And I want to be ready before it gets real cold. And I think this can be superimposed into other components of life where taking that proactive approach and getting shit done makes for a much more beneficial outcome. <laughs> How is all this related? <laughs> so for this week, as opposed to doing a chart card, now that the radio show, I don't have to do the tarot and be all structured and whatever. I wanted to do it again. Um, it's weird. I think it's all about listening to what the mind and body want. It's strange. But one thing I'm noticing, uh, the mind and body <clears throat> for me wanting is my home environment. The home environment is dirty and unorganized and unprepared. I don't like it. <laughs> and I remember six months ago doing radio shows about doing an ultra sweep, cleaning the house, dusting all that. And I remember that was after I had done all those things. Time has placed its hand upon everything in the house and... It needs an ultra sweep again. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've been experiencing a lull. So I think there's a connection between kickassery with one's work, but then that needs to switch back to oneself. So kickass giving unto the world, and then kickass giving to the self. So be selfish. culture and ran um atlas shrugged i think in school we may have read one of her books anyway so i didn't really read the book but i guess it's about how being selfish is good and blah 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 i think there are certain degrees of selfishness which are beneficial um the kind of selfishness like on the airplane put on one's own mask before securing another's i think it is important to have one's own basic needs met before taking on the basic needs of someone else. And as of now, I feel as though my basic needs are lacking. I am not comfortable with my current situation right now. I'm too far behind in the calendar. The whiteboard has been completely filled for like two weeks now. I feel overwhelmed. So it's time to kind of... <laughs> Again, the irony just blows my mind. It's time to stop doing radio show and <laughs> get to fixing my life. But one of the crazy things is this does fix my life. It helps me organize my thoughts. I don't really talk to people. So it's like a, a way of talking, a way of kind of connecting and listening to podcasts. That's like what I do all day. And I think of all the people who were once in my position, having the idea 
to get out there and let one's own viewpoints be expressed and then doing it. So I'm almost ready to do it, but I got to uh, kind of like that Jung passage. I feel as though I want to firm up my theories and not my theories. That, that's a possessive. They aren't mine, but keystones in terms of human life, human consciousness. I would like to have my firm position, be able to argue and speak intelligibly with regards to how I feel the world is and be open to hearing other people. Um, I feel as though this is really important. In the past, I would just cave. And I found another pattern of either leading, gosh, a, a, a newscastman. I want to say Ted Turner, but I don't know if that's right. He had a saying, lead, follow, or get out of the way. I think that is beautiful. Lead, follow, or get out of the way. And I often go through these stages. If I'm speaking with someone or interacting, to lead. Say, hey, this is what I think. This is what's going down. And then listen to the other person's perspective. So follow. Follow them. Put myself in their shoes. Figure out their way of doing things. And then generally get out of the way. <laughs> So uh, that's kind of when the reflection and modification comes in. So I think it is important to understand one's own ideas in terms of life rather than having that Google mindset of, oh, somebody asked me something, I have a smartphone, I'll just Google it. Um, I don't know if that's perhaps the best way to navigate through life. For some folks it may be, but being a bit older, I think if for some reason the grid goes silent or smartphones no longer work or whatever the case may be, I feel comfortable having a backup plan. I feel uncomfortable putting all my stock in a smartphone to identify who I am. That feels ridiculous. I want to identify who I am outside of the internet and smartphones and all that stuff. So this week, this is a big week. I'm, well, my weight is okay. I'm at 150, goal of 140, but we'll see how that goes. I'm having trouble getting beyond 150, but I have been jogging and doing uh, weight training and stuff and eating a fruit and a vegetable every day as a part of my routine. So I think this is important too. Fruit and vegetable. Unconscious mind. Why, why is that being used? Why do I use subconscious mind? All these questions. All right. So for today, I'm figuring out what is that balance? This is kind of my, my sanity week, I think. The house will complete escrow. I'll be leaving for California soon. Lots of big things coming up. The more prepared I am, the better off I'll be. So today I'm gonna focus on balancing to get stuff done, but to not overexert myself. I think I am kind of in the, the healing stage right now. I've had about a month of just kick-assery. So six chart cards finished. So that's six weeks of 
completing four tasks each day. So I'm proud of that. And now it's time to kind of go back to the drawing board. Literally, the whiteboard. I need to clean that. <sighs> All right, so now I'm just kind of rambling. I'm getting antsy. I'm getting ready to, to tackle the day. Oh, yeah, and on a side note of oddly wanting to do a radio show, but yeah, it was after chatting with Mustachio and realizing doing it this way, just free form, I think is beneficial. And it's strange. It's not necessarily <laughs> so other people will hear it. It's so I can practice talking. <laughs> I'm so critical of everyone else's speech. And I need to put myself within quantifiable terms. Uh, yeah, if that makes sense. So essentially, if I'm going to criticize others, I need to give them a piece of me to criticize as well. I think that's an important part of constructive criticism is to allow oneself to be criticized if offering criticism. So this will be the little nugget of the day. All right, listener challenge. So what's the listener challenge? Hmm. Okay, listener challenge, here we go. So for one week, meticulously write down one's day on a hanging calendar. This is the way I do it, perhaps. Maybe there's a, a different format of a calendar, but I recommend a wall calendar or anything. So essentially the objective is to track one's habits for the week. I found human memory is a strange creature where I would think, I'm like, oh yeah, I did this thing on Sunday and then I did that and this and whatever. And then a couple days later I'll go and look at the pictures I took of the day documenting the variables, and lo and behold, I was wrong. Doing this mental exercise over the last 10 years has helped me gain a more objective sense of reality, where I can say in my head, oh yeah, I did all this stuff, or tell somebody, oh yeah, I did all this stuff. There's something I can check, which is objective, to measure against what I'm saying. So it's kind of like a an answer key in a sense. So I've been training my brain off of the answer key, increasing the probability that I will accurately remember something. It's pretty neat. And it's kind of cool. Brian pointed it out that my memory is pretty good for things that we've done and kind of the, the timeline. And I do attribute it to the act of writing on the calendar. And it's hard right now, June and July are completely empty, but luckily I do take pictures every day, about 100 pictures a day, so I can go back and at least offer an outline of the day. So that's the listener challenge for today, November 11, 11, 11, 14. Where does the time go? Um, yeah, so for one week, write down what's done. And I think this is really great as well in terms of self-accountability. When I'm into the calendar and I do keep track every day, I think, wow, for today, I don't want to write that I didn't do anything. I want as many stickers, as many accomplishments as possible. Yeah, so what I do is I have little reward chart stickers. Um, you know, they're kind of a pain in the ass to find. 
So the ones I have are uh, Star Brights T-46069 and Sea Life T-46031. I think these are trend. Yeah, so they're trend little reward chart stickers. And I have a list of what the stickers mean. So for me, for this month, for November, I have the starfish as adventure jog, the turtle as out of town, the whale, edit 3H2 content, the shark, whiteboard slash positive brainstorm, the fish, collages, the star with bright eyes, <laughs> audio recording, the star with orange sunglasses, interview guest, the star with lipstick, video recording, and the star with um, blue glasses is right. So I have these two, four, six, eight, seven, seven kind of variables uh, I feel as though contribute to my happiness. So what I do is on days where I adventure jog and write and whatnot, put the sticker on the calendar. So at a glance, I can look back and see, okay, how many times last week did I write? How many times last week did I jog? And um, it's kind of neat. I, um, I imagine there are much uh, more technologically advanced ways to do this, but there's something I enjoy about the primitive process of sticking a sticker on there, of um, writing things down. Um, I do feel as though cell phones give off wavelengths, energy stuff. I don't like to keep my phone on my person that often. Um, I just feel like the technology is too new and too crazy and whatnot. So I, I do work towards minimizing my computer time. And my mindset changes. Right now, I am really feeling kind of the primitive essence of life. I want to be in the physical world. And I think updating the calendar is a great way to do that. So for everyone, give it a shot. Get some little stickers, write down what was done. It takes time, but for me, I can grab a calendar from three years ago and then look and see what I did on this day back then. Kind of cool. I feel as though it has something to do with time travel. Essentially, I'm able to time travel in my mind. And because those variables are objectively recorded, I think they're easier to tap into in the subconscious mind. There's many things which I've forgotten about, but are documented so I can go back and look. Pretty cool, neat little thing. Today's listener challenge. One week, write down what's going on. What's going on on the calendar? Yeah. All right, so I think that about wraps it up for today. I'm going to uh, get to it. I get some alone time. Looking forward to this. Probably keep my phone in airplane mode most of the day. I need to focus and kind of allow for my own consciousness to take the wheel. When I'm in a fragile mindset, it's easier for other people's kind of sluggish, negative consciousness to to get me. <laughs> so it's all about positivity today and uh, getting shit done. So, all right, Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humbled perspective. 
Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy.